Today's episode is one that I think you guys are going to find uniquely interesting from the other ones that I've done. Today I decided to have a discussion on my podcast with my wife, Michelle Parker. I think you're going to get some good insights into our relationship and to me a little bit more, and also what works for us in our marriage and feelings, emotions, and all that wonderful stuff. I'm really grateful and thankful to be married to Michelle. And she was a little nervous to come onto the podcast, to be honest with you. But I think as we go along with this podcast, we're going to dive deeper into my life, our life together, and the lives of so many other people around us. A podcast, and in my mind, a good one, is about taking a deep dive and understanding the intricacies of human life. This is part of my life. I hope you enjoy it. Michelle Parker. Okay, so today is a special podcast because we're going to be interviewing my wife, Michelle Parker. It should be pretty interesting. I think she's very interesting, and I'm happy that she agreed to be on the podcast today. So thanks for being on, honey. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. So I actually had some people request that I interview you. Okay. Uh, Actually, Michelle Zellner, it's been like her thing. She's like, you need to interview your wife. We want to know what it's like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what's what's like, you know? But... uh, I thought it would be interesting, you know, because I thought, you know, people may get get to hear a different side of me and kind of how I am, um, but kind of how we are. So we've been married 15 years coming up here, and so maybe tell everybody a little bit how we met. Okay. Well, we met uh, in 2003. Uh, you and I were both on Match.com, and... Uh, I remember one evening I was going through looking at my profiles and or searching profiles and I came across yours and uh, something about it caught my eye and uh, so I contacted you because you happened to be online at the same time they had the little that's back when they had the little messages and Mm -hmm. so I remember I sent you a message that said care for a chat yeah, feel like chatting. Feel like chatting. Yeah. All right. And uh, you responded, and we chatted online for, what, two hours? A couple hours, yeah. And then uh, I remember specifically I didn't want to have an online, quote, relationship because uh, that was kind of the thing that everybody, oh, you know, people meeting each other online and having these online relationships for months and months before they actually met. And I remember very specifically, I didn't want that. So we agreed that we would talk on the phone the next day. And it's interesting, like back then, like match.com wasn't very popular. Right. And so if you think about, I think about how online dating was back then. I mean, when we did it, was 16, 16 years we've known each other longer than we've been married but it was pretty what 2003 mm-hmm. it was pretty new it was almost like it was pretty people new people who were doing were pioneering mm-hmm. the space it was basically a harmony and match.com yeah which was around so it's not like we had a lot of other people we knew who were doing it whereas like online dating now from what i hear is very um busy with all these different sites that are like geared catered towards like um, certain ethnicities or certain sure. orientations and things it's like everywhere you know there wasn't like tinder and all that stuff it was just like right. hey here's match.com here's eHarmony this is your these are your options for that and i'm sure there were people who were using match.com just uh, as a prototype to today's you know swipe left swipe right but i think that uh, eHarmony and Match.com were primarily to connect people in an increasingly disconnected world. And um, I actually did know somebody who, uh, my friend Suzanne, who was in our wedding, um, who I respected her judgment very much. She actually met her husband on 
I think. I don't think I knew that. E-harmony or match. I think it was one or the other. On one of those? Yeah, uh, Suzanne. She met Arthur that yeah, way? She did. She did. And I remember, um, you know, I respect Su Suzanne's judgment very much. And I kind of thought, uh, well, you know, if Suzanne's doing it, then it's not like total, you know, loserville. But I did sign up for my account because I felt like it was uh, kind of a last ditch effort to try yeah, to find somebody. I think so. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows, but like I got on and my mom pushed me to get on. I think it was like $23 a month or something. I don't know. Something. something. But my mom offered to actually pay for my first month to see if like she's like oh I have a friend that I think that uh, they got married off of it and I remember telling her I was like this is for losers <laughs> this is completely for losers like you can't meet somebody and you know out in public or wherever and I think my mom just wanted me to see to be with somebody I was talking to her recently she's like well you just always been a relationship person kind of like you wanted to be settled down and stuff like that yeah so I I was like, I give it one month, and I think we met each other. I was on like week three. Yeah. So I was pretty close to being done with it. I was like, I had a hard stop, you know, at a month. I'm pretty sure I was within my first month. If if it wasn't the first month, then it was the very beginning of the second month because I know I wasn't on very long at all. And yeah. I think you were one of, I think you were one of very few people that I actually contacted to try to strike up a conversation. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I actually don't remember. I don't, I don't, can't specifically remember if I contacted anyone. Yeah. Else. By the way, the sound in that background was the washer and dryer. Just makes <laughs> singing that sound. I'm sure it picks up, picks up everything on this thing. The little song. The little song it sings when it's done. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I thought at that time in my life. I thought I know I wanted to be with somebody, but I thought I just didn't really know where I was going. I was getting ready to move to Las Vegas within a year to do my doctorate. So I didn't think it would kind of turn into, you know, being married all the time. I wanted that. I just, so it was, it was neat the way things turned out. And I think, you know, if you want to hear more about the full story, I think that's for another time. I, my <laughs> wife has more to talk about than how we got together, but I think she has a lot of good ideas about different things going on. But what do you, what would you think I would say your thoughts about if you were dating in today's society versus back then? What are my thoughts or what yeah, do I what think would, your what thoughts would you, are? What, what are your thoughts? Like if you were dating now versus then with all the technology, mm. what, what do you think your approach would be? Mm. Boy, I don't know because I'm not a super technology oriented mm -hmm. person. I mean, I know how to use technology and I'm fluent in technology, but I just don't, uh, well, you know, I don't have social media accounts. Right. Um, and it, it was, it was really a stretch for me in some ways to even go on match.com, you know, 16 years ago and today's, uh, there's just so in today's platform, so many different formats and are you looking for a relationship or are you looking for a quick hookup and and it just seems like a lot to to navigate and wade through um and i don't know i mean it's hard to tell in today's society being the age i am now or being the age i was yeah, then yeah you know um because the person i was then i probably if i was you know 24 25 years old today and was the person i was at 24 and 25, I probably would steer clear of it completely because it would just, it's in my mind, hard to wade through what people's true intentions are. You know, I, I mean, I guess maybe, maybe it's easier today. You know, if your intention is a one-time hookup, go to Tinder. Cause then you're like, boom, there's no pretext. Maybe it was more challenging on match.com because there were all sorts of people on there. Yeah. You know, I just happened to luck out that my goal on getting on match.com was to find a relationship and i was fortuitous that i found you and you were also looking for a relationship right. but truly i remember when we talked about our intentions and i said to you or you you asked me you know what are you looking for and i remember thinking as i was saying it like this will either make or break this yeah. right here but i am not about playing games 
So I said, I'm looking for a relationship. And I thought, here's where the rubber meets the road. And I remember you said, well, me too. And I thought, well, okay, either this guy means it or he's super smooth, one or the other, but you're such an honest, open person. Um, and that was the first of many times, you know, that you just are pretty transparent and yeah. honest and hold yourself to a, a pretty high standard of integrity. So, um, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I never believed in playing games. I think that's what was difficult for me in dating before you is that there was just a lot of people who weren't, um, they weren't transparent about it, you know, about you should just lay out what you want out of something. Mm -hmm. A lot of relationships, I think, are where you're at in your life. I mean, you could be with a variety of people. I really believe that. It's just where where are you at in your life? Does it make sense for you? And um, and when you make that decision, make the decision. Don't be flippant about it. I think right. I'm like that with anything in my life. If I'm into it, I'm into it. Right. And so I think that um, I think it might be difficult today for me if i was dating it might be it might be difficult for me like that at the current version of myself because well i think because i'm very similar i'd still want the same thing at this age as that i wanted when i was in my early 20s right i'm not, not i'm not so sure that people are always looking for that at this point um and i know so many people now and and i know a lot of people who are very frustrated with dating because it's it seems like a frustrating process and now if you look at, I was just watching this documentary. By the way, it's really good. It's the New York Times on Hulu, and they have a series, and it has amazing, amazing, like 26-minute stories, pieces done by different journalists. And one of them was about this lady who met this soldier on Facebook. Mm. And I don't need to get into about Facebook. Most people who listen to this know how I feel about it and all that stuff. But <laughs> she was conversing with a gentleman who was saying he was going to, he was getting deployed all the time. And that he, you know, was telling this lady, oh, you're my wife, I love you, all this stuff. He was asking for iTunes cards all the time. Okay. And she was sending, and this lady was married, and this older couple. And she kept sending this guy iTunes cards and became more money, more money. And she had spent like $20,000 on this guy. They weren't even in a relationship. Oh she, I think there was, there's a lot of other stuff going on. But it turns out they were, that they were scamming uh, this guy's picture off the internet, made up a profile of this guy, and then just kept sending his pictures to people. Hmm. And it turned out they were like, seriously it's fun nigerian scammers oh, <laughs> they were in lagos basically and they were doing this and then they and so the reporter wanted to find the actual military guy he was like who is this guy in this pictures right and they found him and he had no clue that somebody was using his pictures for an account oh my god even worse they found out that there were hundreds of fake profiles with his picture on it oh my gosh yeah and so they were literally trying to find and shut down all of these fake profiles that were like basically uh, this guy like preying on people like, oh, I'm a veteran, a military, mm -hmm. trying to get into relationships, get money from people. It's terrible. And I think, I'm sure that was going on when we first got onto it, but it feels like it's way more of a thing now. Sure. Sure. There's... I mean, back, you know, when we were growing up and stuff, there was still scamming. It was just more over the telephone right? yeah. or over the mail in, you know, snail mail or in person. And now it's just one more layer, but it's so, so ubiquitous in our life, you know, the, right. the technology and things. Yeah. I, I don't, I do not. Uh, envy anybody who's trying to wade through the dating scene today um, it's just it's fraught with challenges you know the regular challenges of just trying to find somebody um, and then you kind of add on social media and, and the challenges that come with that and yes I feel the same way about you as far as social media and Facebook yeah. and things like that uh, do your listeners know that? No, uh, I'm gonna tell them. 
So I, this is going to be funny. So I, let's, I don't know how many years ago was this. It was, was like 2012. 2012. I was trying to get Michelle on social media. I was like, you need to get a Facebook account. You need to have like all these things, you know, you're missing out on all this you stuff. You need to be legitimate. You need to legitimize. Yeah. Your... <laughs> I was totally into like, need to be on like every account. And, and you made fun of me because I, I did have make a fun of her Facebook yeah. page, but you weren't the only one. Like yeah. all my friends, I was the last holdout and everybody's like, what are you? Some kind of granny that doesn't have a Facebook right. page. And what did I say about Facebook? You said it a long time ago. You're like, it just seems foolish to me. It seems like, like a platform for people's bad behavior. Right. And now it's so like, and then it was funny. So I got off Facebook before Michelle did and I was like. And I was never really on it though. Right. Like you never I, really used it. I threw together a profile just so everybody would let me yeah. alone. But I never ever posted. I never, I hardly ever commented. Yeah. I just, you know, every once in a while I would get on and creep around and just kind of decided that was a bit of a time suck too. And then. A couple of election cycles came and you know and i was like this that's enough you know it can be a really great way for if it's used like anything if it's used properly and people kind of exercise some modicum of self-control and, and you know keep themselves a little more dignified it can be a great way for people to stay in touch and share but it kind of has taken on a life of its own and I'm just gonna go on record i called it you did way call back it. then and i <laughs> So then I was like, I got to get off of this stuff. It's so toxic. And for me, it's not like I ever had a bad incident or anything on mm -hmm. there. It was never anything weird. I was always been my honest self. It's just the stuff I would see on there. And I think, like you said, election cycles. It was one year. I think it was the Obama election the first time. No, it was the second one. It's yeah, the second one. 2012. Yeah. 2012 is when I just started seeing all these like crazy stuff mm -hmm. and people's behaviors and how they would get so, so crazy, like over the top crazy about the things they would say mm -hmm. and treat other people. And I just didn't like that. I didn't want to be part of something like that. And I understand now like people have a lot of like Facebook groups and stuff and they're, you know, kind of shielding themselves. It's just people in that. But I just didn't want to be a part of that system at all mm -mm. and then i just didn't want to be a part of any system at all i've actually at one point i was i had so much social media i was even part of this group fitfluential where i would like um get shoes sent to me and you know different <laughs> clothes and then i would like test the products and i would get mm -hmm. take pictures and post it online it just felt so fake yeah and i remember telling uh the person who was in charge of you know the whole thing they were and I said yeah I'm done with this I'm, I'm kind of I'm just getting rid of all my social media except for LinkedIn which I consider professional media right and she was like really you you're just gonna like stop and I was like yeah I don't think she probably ever heard that before because I think right. for most people they they want to receive things like that and even if they don't like social media they're like well I'm getting free shoes and I'm getting this and that and I wanted to have integrity and be like if I'm not feeling it it doesn't matter what I'm receiving I'm just not going to do it anymore. Right. So it just kind of began, be, began that journey uh, with that. So uh, it's interesting that I was pushing Michelle to be on there, but then I ended up like rolling out pretty quick, pretty quickly after that. I yeah, think it was, it was... wasn't that far along afterwards. Yeah, relatively, relatively speaking. It, yeah. So I want you to tell everybody like where you're from. Okay. Um, most people probably don't know where you're from, <laughs> been to, but just kind of your background and where you grew up. Okay. I am from uh, a very small town in central Pennsylvania, a little town called Mifflinburg. A little shout out to Mifflinburg there. <laughs> Nobody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> you never know, though. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, and uh, so it was a, still a very rural community, but growing up in the, you know, the 80s and 90s there, uh, everybody, you know, was always kind of 20 years behind the times um, as far as maybe uh, progressiveness, um, very conservative, uh, very conservative place, a very beautiful area uh, of Pennsylvania. Um, right where farm country meets mountain country. Um, not a bad place to grow up, all things aside, you know. 
um, but not not diverse, especially when I was uh, you know a kid growing up, not diverse at all. Um, very homogenous in um, ethnicity um, and uh, very homogenous in, in maybe religious and political slants and things. Um, but, you know, when you're a kid, you're not really tapped into that so much. So, um, you know, I look back and I think not a bad place to grow up, a pretty place to grow up. Don't know that I could ever return there to live. Um, don't know that I would want to, truth be told. Um, you know, again, nothing against it, nothing against the people there. Still have, you know, uh, friends that live back there that, uh, that I love very much and, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with it, but just not a good fit maybe for me nowadays and us. Yeah. How do you, how do you think about yourself? as the person who grew up there versus the person you are now? Hmm. Well, you know, even when I was growing up there, I always, I even remember saying when I was much younger, you know, a young teenager, remember saying, I will move away from here. Now at the time, the caveat was, I will probably end up coming back, but I need to move away. Like I knew I wanted to, to move away. Um, and kind of experience life outside of our little insula insular little hometown, you know. Um, I mean, hopefully everybody to some degree can look at themselves where they are now and think, you know, I am very different. Hopefully you're a different person than you were in high school. Um, but I think obviously, you know, moving away from there, uh, I experienced things and, and worldviews that were that I would not have had I stayed that I realized very much aligned more with who I am fundamentally you know at my core versus who I am in that particular environment back in Pennsylvania um, is that kind of what you were looking for yeah well <laughs> Well, I mean, it's whatever you want to say with it. I mean, that's, that's part of the whole podcast experience. It's just it's your thoughts. It's your feelings. I just ask questions. and Free flowing. I think you, what's funny is Michelle wanted to know, like, what I was going to ask her and stuff like that. And I'm, you know, I'm like, you know how this works. I don't even know what I'm going to ask anybody. The reason, And you know why I asked that, because you, this is like the one thing in your life that you don't prepare, <laughs> like, I know. and research and, and have a plan. I'm very um, anal when it comes to many things in my life. I'm a big planner, very type A, um, very yeah. serious in many ways. But my podcast is the only thing in my entire life that I don't care about planning for. It's just very organic. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's just con because I think conversation should be organic. Yeah. I don't think you go when you meet somebody and you go, okay, we're going to have these like 10 talking points and stuff i'm going to meet with my friends and we're going to talk about a b c d and it's just kind of like the best conversations happen when you're not thinking about what's going to happen it I just kind of it just kind of happens so but everybody a lot of people ask me that they want to know what we're gonna what's the focus what are mm -hmm. we going to talk about sure i have no clue what we're going to talk about i'll probably look at like what you do for a living a little bit you know, i'll read you know what's on your linkedin profile but generally i'm i'm very i'm not super interested in the profession so much the person's in just i am but on some level it's just more like how do i dig into who they are as a human being sure for that so i just assume though based off of everything else of course and how it makes you approach sense. everything else that you were going to have like maybe a at script least, or something maybe like not so much a script points. but you know like some things that you knew you wanted to touch on and and maybe have yeah. it flow organically from there but this whole like flying by the seat of the pants i don't know it's, i uh, think it comes off really well too i think honestly. it does too it's a it's a good look for you honey uh, thanks <laughs> i was gonna ask that popped in my mind is how you think you are differently and like how you behave act move around in life from then to, I feel like I have a decent idea mm -hmm. about that, but you never know unless somebody tells you how they feel, mm -hmm. how they are, are different. Like I, I could say that you had a pretty big temper when I met you. I used to get pretty 
you get pissed off very quickly. True. And I think you're not. Not not all not, the time. Not all the time when but you when did, I did it was, it was like was... zero to sixty. <laughs> and now I don't. I see that that has changed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So that's just one thing. So I, I'm interested in like other. How do you see yourself now compared to then? Well, that's definitely. You know, I always. Um, I always kind of fancied myself kind of a laid back person, but yes, when I would would get upset, it was, you know, kaboom. And then I mm -hmm. would kind of go back to baseline after that. Um, so that's definitely changed uh, for various reasons. Um, I think I am more structured. I think you and I, you know, when we met, we were on opposite ends of the, you were like, plan it down to the minute mm -hmm. and i was like hey man whatever yeah like but to kind of an obnoxious extent yeah <laughs> and um so i think we've helped each other kind of come more to the to the middle or at least come away from our poles uh yeah. a bit more um which i think is is great um because i am very much a like middle of the road kind of person you know i like to see both sides of an argument i like to you know i like to be in balance i did when i was a an explosive temper person i didn't not enjoy that about myself and i and looking back on it i know why i was like that i mean i was not equipped with good conflict resolution skills mm -hmm. um which is something that i've learned over time that you've helped me with you know that as I've matured just in general, um, as I've matured, you know, when you're a professional, you can't be, you know, losing your head over the slightest Thinking thing. about all these stories that <laughs> you're losing it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see, um, you know, I'm different now because I, I mean, I've always, um, I've always kind of tread my own path um, when I really had my mind to it. I mean, um, reaching out and, and being on match.com and, and dating you was kind of a, kind of a, a reach maybe for the norms, um, mm -hmm. of where I was growing up. So I was a bit of a, you know, a pioneer in that respect, but you know, then we moved away in the areas that we've lived. It was like, well, no, that's, I mean, it was pioneering for your, for your area, but it was, you know, kind of in keeping with how society was going in, yeah. in general. Um, I mean, sometimes when we go back t uh, to visit, you know, my family uh, that's left back there, uh, I recognize sometimes, and I think everybody could probably agree with this, it doesn't matter. I mean, you do it to a certain extent. Sometimes we, when we get back with family and friends, we subconsciously sometimes fall back into the roles that they kind of expect mm. us to play. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Or, you know, or, or you kind of fall back into, well, this is who I was up until I left, you know, and when you haven't kind of developed who you are in that context and, you know, it's sometimes, sometimes easier, um, whether we realize it or not, in my opinion, when we go back and we just kind of, round off the edges of who we are now because it's just easier to kind of fit mm. into those roles um and i'm not saying it's right or wrong i just say that i, I think i recognize it in myself and in in a lot of people you know um i when i recognize that that's what i was doing you know um as we were you know in the first years that we were married and things i mean i think it was something that i kind of worked on to be more confident of this is who i am now you know, going back into that, uh, going back to that area, you know, where there is a bit more of a box that you're expected to fit into. But, um, I so think who are you now? Who am I now? I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, a tough question. Man. Yeah. Right. Like what, I mean, who am I? I mean, I'm a, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a Christian, I'm, you know, uh, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, you know. Sounds like the beginning of a song. It does. It? <laughs> <laughs> There's lyrics coming here. I don't, I don't need any, I, I just want honorable mention in the, in the liners. It's a notes. question, it's a difficult question to answer. Not, I don't think I ask everybody that, but inevitably, 
it kind of comes down to that with a lot of the guests on the show. And actually, the podcast I just released today, Sarah Dogwelly, who's from uh, the Netherlands. Actually, she's from, uh, I think, Turkey, actually. But she lives in the Netherlands. And Mm -hmm. we got into this very deep conversation about who you are and Mm -hmm. how you limit and grow your life. Right. Highly recommend you listen to it. It's really insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're not, people aren't used to being asked those questions. Like, who are you? So think, like, you know, somebody oh. asked me that, mm-hmm. like, who am I? I? I would, I think I'm at the point in my life like I could answer it mm-hmm. pretty specifically. Right. And say like, you know, I am someone who cares about the service of other people, mm-hmm. I care about feelings, care care about being transparent. I'm somebody who is uh, very honest. Mm -hmm. You see me coming when I come because it's just me. Mm -hmm. There's no alternate version of me. Right. And I think that that's who I am. I am the version of myself that you always see in the light and the dark. Right. And summer, winter, I am myself always in my opinion of myself. Mm. Who that's who I am, you know, and and my values are consistent. I would like to think of the things that I believe in, yeah, and for that. So I don't know that I could have answered that a ton of years ago, but I think now, like, I'm very good, I'm comfortable about the type of person I am, and I'm not giving lyrics to a song like you just gave, you know? <laughs> like you. some '70s song, '60s song, like, like the Who or something, poem, and yeah. <laughs> Well, at least I didn't fall into the trap when people say, who are you? And I know a lot of pe- a lot of people, they automatically default to what they do for a living. That's their job and, is, yeah. And, you know, I mean, so I didn't fall into that trap. I think that's very common, though, because I that's so what people too. identify primarily is what they do. Right. It's like if you go to a party and the icebreaker is, well, what do you do? Right. I don't know. What do I do? I do right. a variety of things, you know. I wish we'd ask each other different questions. Like, you know, meet somebody. Hey, how's it going? Tell me a little bit about your life. Mm. What are you passionate about? What are you up to? That's a different question than what do you do? Right. I think it's just comfortable for people to say, oh, well, I do this and I, I work on this. And then they, that's kind of a, an entry point to other stuff for a lot of people, probably. If you're looking for high-quality, zero-THC CBD products, palmorganics.com is your place. Go to the show notes in any episode of Dr. D's Social Network and put in the code Dr. D for 10% off all products. Yeah, I think... I think even if you ask those questions, some people would default in, you know, what are you passionate about? And they would still probably frame it up for a lot of people in what they, what their profession is or what their occupation is. I think that's just so ingrained in us, you know, to equate what you do with, with who you are, but that's just, that's definitely never been me. Now the tenets of what I do being an RN, you know, caring for people and, um, you know, taking care of people, supporting people, I I think are who I am. Mm -hmm. And I, I can express that through what I do. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's definitely a distinct, a distinct difference. And I think too, people just are so hesitant. You know, if somebody walked up to you at a party and said, tell me about your hobbies, I, you know, what do you do for a hobby? What do you do in your, your leisure time? People would still get that deer and headlights look. Yeah. Because I don't think, I mean, it makes me think of one time um, in the context of, of uh, teaching when I taught um, at College of Southern Nevada in their nursing program. And um, one of the students was getting frustrated because, you know, they weren't picking up one of the new skills, one of the new nursing skills. And I said, okay. And, and I asked this question because everybody has a skill, right? Everybody is skilled in a lot of different things. I said, how many of you here have a skill? And like three people out of a class of 30 raised their hand. And I was like, what? What do you mean nobody has a skill? I was like, you mean nobody in here knows how to drive a car? You know, nobody in here knows how to cook. Nobody in here knows how to tie their shoes. And they all started laughing. I said, these are all skills, right? But we, 
we tend we tend to blunt over those things yeah. and kind of take aspects of what we do and what we're skilled at and what we're creative in and well that's just you know it becomes like well that's just part of me well yeah that's what i'm asking about you know that's yeah. that's what i want to know but i think sometimes we frame it up and we're looking for this big this big answer that you know is shiny and and sexy and it's like well no what what you do and what you're skilled at and who you are that's shiny and sexy you know yeah I, I, it's interesting i think you learn a lot about your life as you get older i mean i certainly have learned that as i've gotten older i realize more about myself and i realize more about the world and that it's just a lot of loneliness and a lot of um people who are not being told that they're good mm -hmm. and i think that's it's one of the things that's it's just very interesting about life is that it's it can feel overwhelming at times and it could feel joyful at times it could feel tired at times there's just a lot going on so that sometimes when somebody asks you a question you just don't know how to you don't know how to answer it because you've never had the space to answer it right you've never actually sat down and faced yourself right you've never met one of my podcast guests i can't remember who it was but we're saying you, you got to meet yourself mm -hmm. have you ever met yourself actually and have right. you ever sat in that space when you meet yourself and go i need to get to know me right what makes up me beyond the job that i do the role of being like a mother or a father mm -hmm. or whatever it may be a son like those are great things but like have you really met yourself mm -hmm. so i think people struggle because they're if i ask somebody i ask you the question like and you're like huh and i always get a lot of that because i just think i'm probably the first time you've asked that question when, when the first people has asked that question for a lot of people but i just curious about mm -hmm. stuff like that you know because it gets down to the the human experience like well if i stripped all that away mm -hmm. or you stripped it away what would you be right you know? i think yeah a, a caring person who values honesty and transparency and just wants everybody you know just mm -hmm. just wants people to be forgiving and, and kind to one another because right. that's what I try to be with other people and what do you think the hardest part about life is just I living think, I think that depends on the person to be honest you I'm know. asking you for me yeah what's the hardest part of living yeah um I think sometimes one of the one of the challenges that I have um, is not falling into the trap of of being like I heard somebody say one time, and I don't know if it was Pastor Judd in one of his one of his uh, messages or what, but it was like today the, these days now is the good old days. Like you will look back in 10 years and be like, man, those were the good old days. Now, not for everybody, right? I would never be presumptuous to say, you know, that everybody would be like, hey, yeah, remember that time, you know, remember that year that everything fell apart in my life? Those were the good old days. You know, I mean, we all have these ups and downs and things, but kind of recognizing when things are good um, and, and being in, mindful in that moment and appreciating it for what it is and not constantly kind of having this low grade subconscious hum of like well th this is good but it's in anticipation of what's next and what's better i mean this it's good you know um and and not because everything isn't gr i mean our life is is great and i am just eternally thankful for you and for our daughter and for where we live and the friends that i have and just the you know the beauty that surrounds us here where we live and Northwest Washington, you know, it's just, I mean, it's, we have a pretty, we have it pretty darn good, right? But I think, um, for me, I just know that uh, a challenge, and it's, and it's always been this way, and I don't know if it stems from when things, you know, when I was growing up, when things weren't really good, you know, and kind of being like, okay, let's just, you know, 
let's just get through this and, and it'll get better or or what you know if that's just a predisposition that I have personality wise um, but I recognize it and so I think that is a challenge for me is to make sure that I stay present in the moment and recognize it for what it is and be thankful for it and, and have gratitude in my heart have a heart of gratitude because these are the good old days yeah what do you think what do you think my answer would be to that I think it depends on the day the day yes <laughs> I do <laughs> what does that mean I, <laughs> I just think it depends on I think it depends on how introspective and how um, open to a question like that you would be because I think some days you're more prone to give a more introspective and deep answer and other days you just kind of not that the same not that the answer might not be the same but the 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 depth of the answer the depth of the answer yeah Um, that's probably true so why don't you tell me oh um (laughs) (laughs) I thought you would know um oh (laughs) I did I don't know I that's I think the hardest part of living for me is um that I run out of speed that um or what I I feel like I feel alone in my approach to things oh okay well yeah yeah you know what I'm saying probably but yeah like, like your attention your planning and attention to detail and the the level of performance that you hold yourself to in in everything professionally personally um and yeah you you are definitely kind of an an elite few and so i just struggle with like um the disappointment of others so when i say that it's like um i want to like frame this the right the way that i want to come out like that makes sense but um, I think that people disappoint each other a lot in life. Mm-hmm. I don't think okay. they want to, no. but they just do. You know, it's just, you know, you're going to show up here, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and then it doesn't come to fruition. And I think I struggle with, like, I'm so, I'm an intentional person, but I'm also very, like, let's get it done. I have intentions and I have follow through. Right. And sometimes, I, I not a lot of times I get frustrated when people don't meet me there. Right. And it's yeah, let's do this and nothing happens. You know, or if I give a lot of effort to reach out to somebody and they don't they just don't get back to me. Right. That that bothers me. My business partner Alan, he he knows this about me so well. He always gets he goes, "Oh, no, Darian's not going to be happy." <laughs> we message somebody and they just don't get back to us. Right. And uh, that really just bothers me, like to know when. I think that, I know that that's trivial because there's there's a lot of hard stuff. People don't have water, they're barely making it. They're having mm-hmm. very difficult things. But your hard thing is your hard thing, and it shouldn't be minimized, regardless oh. of it. And my hard thing is just people not giving the respect of getting back to other people. And say, hey, we want to do these things, but then they don't really want to put in the effort for it. Right. So that always, that that bothers me. I think sometimes that's made me impulsive, like not impulsive, but it's made me like rush through certain things to get done. Mm-hmm. And maybe the quality isn't always best. So I'm much better at that now. But I think the world we live in, it allows us to connect with each other instantly, mm-hmm. anywhere in the world, at any time. And it's many ways made people worse at that thing mm-hmm. that that we've given people to you know I've heard I was listening to I like watching documentaries a lot of you guys know that listen but I was listening to one and it was basically talking about that humans have now created the powers of gods in a sense and think about like I was just watching a documentary about gene drives if you haven't heard about gene drives you should look it up it's crazy stuff but we've we've created this power to do incredible things. Yet we're not we're not good at the simple things. We can do these complex things. Right. We could we could do something like a gene drive and put in CRISPR into the DNA of a person or animal and eradicate a disease from it or proliferate a population that people can't get back to each other. 
on a message. Yeah. Anyway, so that I think that's that is a that always is a very difficult thing for me and a very wraparound point. I never used to be such a wraparound person, actually. You didn't. Michelle was always the wraparound point person. And I would tell her too much wraparound. <laughs> I I used to very much take the scenic route. <laughs> to get to my point but that was a i recognize that was a regional thing where i'm from yeah um when people tell stories they want to paint your dad's the king of that well like that's that's a whole di- that's a whole other level that's yeah, a whole other that's level like crazy level okay. but yeah folks folks from back home they like to paint a very vivid picture um of you know the the slant of the sun and the the, the breeze and <laughs> You know, yeah, and just so that you have a, an exact mental picture that they have, and um, I recognize maybe, um, you know, there's a time and a place for that sometimes if it's pertinent to the story. But if it's not pertinent to the story, then maybe it's you know you yeah. just kind of get to the point a little more. So here's a question. Well, I have a I'm question all... for you. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. You do it. Would Go you for it. would you have known? Did you know that that's what I was gonna say was the toughest part about living? No. Uh-huh. I don't think so. I I don't I didn't have a I didn't have anything in my mind when you said that. I cleared my mind like in <laughs> Ghostbusters. And they say clear your mind, don't think of anything. I'm not going to be Dan Aykroyd and think of this Dave Puff Marshmallow man. <laughs> so you cleared your mind. I cleared my mind. I said I just want to hear what this is. Okay. That's it. But you didn't have any Guess Honestly, my mind you... went blank. I didn't have okay. any guesses. Now, I'm not, you think thinking about it right now, like I, I don't know. I I think the hardest, without being too personal and respecting your space, I think you know dealing with difficult times and depression. I think to sure. me has probably been the hardest part about living for you. But you've turned the corner on that quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So I think that's been interesting, you know. Right. But I, th- I didn't think I didn't think I didn't really think about it, you know. I think my answer might have stemmed from that context, absolutely. You know, now that I'm not in the thick of it, or at least right now, not being in the thick of it though, but I think my answer probably does have a foundation based on what you just said. Yeah. For sure, cuz you know, when you're struggling, when you're feeling low, yeah. You just kind of want to not feel that way anymore so right. you're trying to like constantly what's next what's next it's got to be better it's got to be better yeah. you know so that's fair yeah i'll allow it i'll allow it <laughs> i was gonna ask you because we'll wrap it up here i know you've got things you got friends coming into town you're busy I do. And, and glad you just gave me some time for this because i think this would be beneficial but i think it'd be good for people whether it's younger generation older generation I think we've had a pretty good marriage. It's been really good. Yeah. And so what do you think is the, you know, people, I don't like this word on people. What's the secret to a good marriage or something yeah, like that? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Well, what do you think's worked for us that's been good? I'll tell you right off the bat, I think, um, and it's something that sticks in my mind, and I frame it up within the context of something that the, when we did our pre-marriage counseling, mm-hmm. that one of the, one of the people said in that uh, that struck a chord with me for so many reasons and i think um and, and i keep it in my heart when when you and i interact is that you should not hold somebody responsible for something that for knowledge that's not been given to them for something that you you know i i don't hold you responsible for knowing something that i haven't verbalized to you um, and that speaks very that speaks very deeply to me because I do not like it when people play games with each other and be like, oh, well, he should know why I'm upset. Well, she should know why I'm upset. Well, no, you know, um, they shouldn't. I mean, it's very, you know, it's very contextual and there's a lot of, you know, there's your side, my side. And I think that that is so important just to not, because I do not have time for those types of games that people want to play. Well, you know, I'm so important that you should just know why I'm so upset and, you know, and you should just, you should know me better than I know myself because when the, when the rubber meets the road, I don't even know why I'm upset, but you should know why I don't have time for that. Um, so I think for as challenging as it is, um, I think you and I, we, 
we talk through stuff, you know, and it doesn't mean that we're always talking in this calm Zen mm-hmm. voice. I mean, sometimes we, I get, <laughs> yeah, I talk in the calm Zen voice, <laughs> which, right. which I've learned to not, you know, which used to be maddening to me, yeah. right? Because I was amped up and I wanted you to be amped up, but I see the beauty in it now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is to talk it through and to, to, you know, to talk things through, to try not to go down weird, like side rabbit holes, you know, to stay on task, what, you know, um, but I think talking, you know, weird stuff grows in the vacuum of, uh, uh, that occurs when, when people stop talking to each other Yeah, and, and, you know, act and react based on assumptions, like bad stuff happens. And so I think, you know, talking, talking through concerns talking through feelings you know talking about your day talking about the mundane stuff you know and lays the foundation for talking about the big stuff and talking about the big stuff is you know i think just our communication i think has been paramount yeah to our success and and the honesty that you and i both came to the relationship with and expected from each other and earned from each other. I mean, I think we both kind of realized straight away, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a relationship. So am I boom done. Well then let's, let's talk, you know, let's now develop our relationship with that understanding, not these months and months of, you know, well, I don't want to call too soon and seem needy garbage, you know, just get it out there and, and be honest with each other and just deal with the fallout because, you know, I, I mean, prolonging the inevitable. It's funny when people, like I hear people now and they're like, oh, you you with that person? They're like, oh, I don't want to really put labels on it. I'm not so sure. I'm like, why haven't you talked about this? You know, I'm like, what is this? Right? You guys are just afraid to like be committed into something. Like, what do you mean you don't want labels on it? Like, and, either in, into it or you're not, you know? Right. And, you know, and I understand. And I try to respect people's, hey, man, it's their journey, right? You know, I try to respect people's journeys and say, you know, different people come to those realizations at different times and things, you know, and and uh, people have different backgrounds. And I saw that face you made. <laughs> no, I had, this, I had a piece of hair. It was like weird. It was like pulling. It was strange. <laughs> I thought you were going to face it when I no. was <laughs> I was like, what? What is that all about? Oh, it's Let's just talk weird. about that. No, it's, I had my hair. It's, it's, it's something weird. <laughs> it was a piece that was Get yourself fun. together. I'm trying. <laughs> but... Um, that's what I would say has been, you know, again, not the secret to our relationship. Um, but I think, you know, and I've seen, and I've had friends of mine and, you know, and family members and things kind of comment that our, our relationship is unique to them. Um, because we just, you know, we are respectful of one another and we understand each other and we just allow each other to be. We're not everything to each other. I well, that's, that's true too. That's a big thing. Like I, I, while I wanted a relationship, I didn't want to be consumed by it either. Right. Like I, for anybody listening, this is a great compliment for my wife. For Michelle, uh, she is not a jealous person at all. And from day one, she was always okay with me going out, hanging out with friends and stuff. You know, we check in and stuff like that. Sure. But, you know, I remember her saying, well, you're going to do whatever you want to do. I can't stop you from doing something that is not good, but I just I need to trust you. But I and, trust that you're not going. Yeah, to Yeah, I trust you're not, and I and I wouldn't. I, I would def, and never wouldn't. But I never like. I didn't want to be in a relationship where somebody was like, "Well, you just you need to hang out with me all the time." I'm yeah, you know, I'm your best friend, and all that. And uh, I didn't want that. Mm-mm. I want to be able to like go now. I go to Vegas. I go hang out with my friends. You know, I encourage Michelle to do all these things. I encourage us to have, we encourage each other, hopefully, I believe, so that to have lives outside of each other. Mm-hmm. And that, hey, before I met you, I was doing other stuff. You were doing things. You continue to do your thing. I'll do my thing, but we'll also do our thing. Right. Together. And I think it's the, cons- the consumption of another person. Almost people are consuming each other. And marriage today, for a lot of people, is about like, the partner has to be everything to the partner. The best mm-hmm. friend, the confidant, you know, tell you every single thing. Everything's about you. And it just can, And I just don't like that. I think that's not what marriage is about, is about being everything for your partner. It's impossible to do that. I think I, 
agreed. I mean, I think you and I both came when we met each other. We were both pretty developed people, you know, in the sense of like, I was working my profession. I, you know, had bought my own house at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, you were finishing up your master's degree. Like we kind of had ideas and plans of, okay, well, we're looking for a relationship, but if that doesn't pan out, then here's, here's our game plan. Yeah. We weren't these lost souls meeting each other, you know, like. Yeah. And I think even, oh gosh, how long ago was that movie, Jerry Maguire? Very long time. Very long time ago. But, you know, that whole, like, that whole tag, you complete me. me. And I remember even back then when it came out, I mean, I think we were in high school probably. I even remember then that did not resonate with me very well because I was like, "Mm, I'm not really looking for someone to complete me because I kind of feel like a complete person. Like I, for various reasons, was pretty confident that, well, for various reasons, I was pretty sure that I wasn't going to meet anybody. (laughs) I felt like, you know, I was... I was in a no man's land of, of, you know, options maybe to meet somebody, which is why I got on match.com. It was kind of that last ditch effort. But, you know, I was pretty like, okay, if I, if I don't meet somebody, then I'm, I'm good with me and here's what I'm going to do with my life. So my motto was never like, oh, I need somebody to complete me. I wanted somebody to compliment me and not like shower me with compliments, but to, you know, compliment who I was and and I always I was looking for somebody that I could compliment their life and I th- I think we've done that you know yeah. I think you know um and I certainly was not going to ever enter into a relationship with the idea like I was not going to let anybody boss me around in a relationship and be like you need to stop doing this and start doing that I'd be like mm, pump the brakes this is n- no yeah. No, I'm me and, you know, so why would I do that to you, right? I would right. I would never allow you to do that to me. Um, so I would never do that to you because that's just not fair. That's foolish, you know, to hold somebody, you know. And I remember when, when we met and you were sharing a townhouse and your roommates were women. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were kind of like, are you okay with that? And I was like, I shared a townhouse with men and women when I was in college. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. Why, you know. I wouldn't have lived with guys and then turn around and say, well, I'm not okay with you living with women. You know, it's just, it's not fair. And I think, um, I think that's the other thing too, is a sense of like fairness and autonomy being who we are. You don't like amusement park rides. I never tried to push that on you, right? Not in the roller coasters. Not in the roller coasters. Not my thing. And I just kind of respected that. There was things about me. Michelle never pushes. She doesn't push like... Sometimes you should push people to do things like, you know, nudge them. But, you know, somebody's like really like, hey, man, I'm, you know, nobody's nudging me to jump out of a plane to skydive. It's just not happening. I don't want to do it. I have zero desire to do it. I don't want to do it either. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, you know, I, but I have people who in my life growing up who like try to nudge me to do things or push hard. And it's just, it, and my business partner, Alan, and he knows he's figured, he's found this out. Whenever you push me to do something, I will push so hard the other way. Mm-hmm. I will be rude, and I'm not rude, but I will. Don't think that it will work on me. It will not work. <laughs> Psychological tactics. Literally, will, will not, not work. work. I will become your worst nightmare, <laughs> and I will. I will go. I will move further and further away from you. The more you push me to something that I just really not into. Sure. That's like, and it's because you like it. That's why I don't, I'm not very a salesy guy to people and stuff because like, listen, if you don't want to do the thing that I'm doing, that's okay. That's how I, that's how I am Okay, too, go right? for it. Then do something else. But don't yeah. be like, this is the best thing ever. You have to do this. You have to ride this ride. Like, it's crazy. How can you not like roller coasters? I, I have tried. I want to blow chunks. Yeah. I lost my shoe one time. <laughs> I don't want a roller coaster. <laughs> I've given it literally the good effort throughout all of my life child teenager adult i went on one with my daughter again just to try it it doesn't work man it's, not, it's just too much anxiety yeah and i can't enjoy myself you know so i will push back so if somebody's like tries to push me to have extra drinks when i'm drinking like too many i will go oh i'm done drinking <laughs> i'll just be done it's just the principle anyways but you are open to trying new things. I'll open, I will to try new things. clarify for your audience. It's I not will like, definitely try new you things. Know, you, you know, within the context of your own personal right. boundaries and things. I mean, and that's, you know, that's something actually that's 
developed a little more, I think. Yeah. You know, and, and you and I have been good with each other, kind of st- stretching each other a little bit. Yeah. Beyond our so. prior experiences and stuff. Definitely. Well, honey, it was good to have you on. See, it's not bad, right? No, it's I didn't just, think it was going to be It's easy, right? I didn't think it was going to be It's pretty bad. easy because it's just a conversation. Just a you conversation. Know? And they end up lasting a long time because, you know, you yeah, get I'm deeper surprised. into these conversations. And I could do this all day with people. It's just, it's interesting, you know, asking yeah. questions. So thanks for being on. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was painless, right? I, of course, it was painless. I hope I hope it's painless for your listening audience. <laughs> I think so. They're going to learn some stuff. Whether they, I guess, eh, we'll see what they think. All right. Thanks, so, honey. Thanks.